Hello and welcome to the Get Transformed podcast of Transformation Christian Fellowship. We are so excited that you are tuning in, and hope that you would be empowered and transformed by the Word of God. You may be seated in the presence of God. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. It is a pleasure to have you here with us this morning. And I'm excited that you came here to celebrate six years with us. Hallelujah. It is a great honor to be doing this with you all. And I love that my wife and I, are, we, get to, we get to be a part of your lives and you part of our lives. And so we are appreciative of that. And we do not take it lightly. I take this as a great joy and a privilege to stand here and serve every week uh, with you. Well, if you don't know who I am, I'm Brandon Hill. I'm the senior pastor here at Transformation Christian Fellowship, and we're so glad to have you, those of you who are online, those of you in person, give it up for those of people who are online. Hallelujah. And we are so excited about it. Listen, if you're new here, do me a favor. There's a connection card right in front of you. Make sure that you fill that out. We don't want to bother you, but we just want you to let you know and keep you up the loop of what we have going on here at TCF. All right. One more thing for the children. We got books. I mean, we got supplies for y'all out there. Amen. So some of y'all, y'all about to get hooked up. I thought about my little children back there. Amen. So... And I got him a special book bag just reserved for him. So I'm excited about I'm excited about that. All right. And um, those of you who are online, if ain't nothing here, I told y'all to get here. <laughs> I told y'all to get here. <laughs> Amen. Well, let's go to the word and see what the Lord has to say. Go with me to Acts chapter 9, verse 31. Acts chapter 9, verse 31. I'm going to hold it off. I'm going to hold it off. Acts chapter 9, verse 31. Acts chapter 9, verse 31 records, The church then had peace throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria. And it became stronger as the believers lived in the fear of the Lord. And with the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, it also grew in numbers. I want to read this one more time. The church then had peace throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria. And became stronger as the believers lived in the fear of the Lord and with the encouragement of the Holy Spirit. I want to talk to you this morning on our anniversary entitled, Live in the Fear of the Lord. Live in the Fear of the Lord. It was a very interesting time that the Lord would give me such a word for anniversary to talk about this. This is not such a popular topic, but sometimes if by the end of me explaining this, I pray that you have a better understanding of what the fear of the Lord is. Because a lot of times when you think of fear, you're thinking of dread, you know, terror and dread. And um, some of us don't have the right perspective about it. And sometimes when we hear the fear of the Lord, that puts it in fire and brimstone type of message. But no, this is not that this morning. By no means. Oftentimes when we hear about the fear of the Lord, we don't teach it in the, and season it. 
not understanding that grace has everything to do with the fear of the Lord. That grace and the fear of the Lord goes hand in hand. That the grace of God, that we live in the fear of the Lord because we understand the grace that has been put upon, applied to our lives. Amen. And so what is the fear of the Lord? I want to kind of get into this and help hopefully that we understand the fear of the Lord is is the expression. The expression conveys devotional piety or the dread of punishment. Piety, ladies and gentlemen, is the quality or state of being pious. The actual meaning of pious means marked by or showing reverence for deity and devotion to divine worship. And so, ladies and gentlemen, there is this fear, ladies and gentlemen, when we talk about this devotional piety for us, it's showing that we have been marked or marked by or shown reverence for a deity and our devotion to divine worship, meaning the devotion of our worship to our God. When we go to Psalm 19, when we go to Psalm 19, verse 9, It says, for the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. So the fear of the Lord is pure. It's clean, enduring forever. It lasts forever. But I want you to understand is that the fear of the Lord is different for believers versus unbelievers. We, ladies and gentlemen, we don't walk in this dread or terror of God if we are believers of God. No, we don't walk in that. Unbelievers should walk in that, but not you. If you're a believer, if you believe in the house, say, not me. I, I, I don't walk in that terror. I don't walk in that dread. Hebrews 10 verse 31 says that it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. This right here is speaking of those who don't have a relationship with God. That is a fearful thing that at the end of your life that you fall into the hands of the living God. You should be fearful because of the punishment that comes with you not making a decision or choice to make him your God. At the end of the day, God doesn't send anyone to hell. People make a decision. They choose How do you mean by that, Brandon? If they did not choose Jesus, his son, his plan for eternal life, then they have they've already marked the path for themselves. You have to understand that God never takes the ball out of humanity's court, that the court that the ball is always in humanity's court. And you got a decision whether you're going to choose or not. You have a decision. God gives us a decision. And this is the great thing about free will and choice that God created us in his image to the point where he did not want us to be robots. You have a choice that you can choose to give, make God your, make God, the God of the Bible, uh, the God and the Lord over your life or not. It's your choice. You can choose what you're going to do in the morning. It's your choice. Nobody's programming you. Nobody's telling you what to do. It is your choice. You and I were created with choice. You can make the choice to live in the fear of the Lord or not make the choice to live in the fear of the Lord at all. It is your choice. Say it's my choice. It's my choice. Ladies and gentlemen, however, that is what we call an ungodly fear. The dread and the terror or the punishment is what we call an ungodly fear or unholy fear. 
You fearful of uh, it is a fear, ladies and gentlemen, that's wrapped up in the dread of of, of, uh, of eternal damnation and punishment and all of those things. But the fear of the Lord of which the believer, ladies and gentlemen, is to walk in. It is a fear that is conjoined with love and hope and is therefore not a slavish dread, but rather a falal reverence. Hey y'all, my name is Boomi, and I would like to invite y'all to go ahead and download our TCF app if you don't already have it. If you do have it, just know we have some new updates coming for you. You'll be able to connect with us, gain access to our exclusive content, see our live experience, and sermons. You'll have access to this app in either the Google Play Store or the Apple Store. Don't miss out. And remember, transformation starts here. Uh, what does that mean? It's one that is befitting a son or daughter. What does this have anything to do with anything? What it means is this, is that it's one that's befitting a son or daughter, meaning that the way it has the idea of how children ought to be with their parents. It has an idea how children should have a falau reverence for their parents. Yeah. When the scripture talks about the honor of thy father and their mother so that their days could be longer, there is a reverence that the Bible speaks of how we should have for our parents. No matter how bad or good our parents was, no matter what your relation status is with them, it is still we have to honor them, reverence them for their position and their role. No matter what they were to us. And I know that is a lot easy. That's a lot, you know, <laughs> easier said than done, you know, because whatever our relationships may have been. But it has this idea of that God being our father and those who are of his ladies and gentlemen would reverence him and honor him in a way how children should honor their parents. That's what this is speaking of. Ladies and gentlemen, let me show you this in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 9. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the father of spirits and live? What is he saying here? What is the Hebrew writer saying that we've had human fathers, our natural fathers, who have corrected us? And, the, and yes, we pay them respect. We pay them honor. We pay them reverence. And the Hebrew writer makes a question. He says, shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the father of spirits? Meaning God the Father, why should we be as well readily be in subjection to him? Yes, we should. That's what the Hebrew writer is saying. We should honor our father as we honor our natural father. We should have a uh, we have should have a reverential respect for our heavenly father when he corrects us. If we allow our natural father to correct us, our heavenly father has the right to do the same. Because the Bible says that those whom he loves, he also chastises, meaning that you want to know if you are a real child of God, if you feel the chastisement of God, that conviction that we talk about. How many of y'all feel, you know, you know, you just know, man, maybe I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't yeah. have done that. I shouldn't yeah. have done that. Lord, I feel you. Let me go apologize. Let me, <laughs> let me go slide down and just apologize. You know, I, I shouldn't have, I, I shouldn't have gave her a piece of my mind, but she deserved it. They deserved it, Lord. No, but no, you my child. You got to walk in a different path. Now you know you shouldn't be looking at that. You shouldn't be looking at that. 
man, that's, that, that's the conviction that we feel. That is God correcting us to put us on the path of holiness and righteousness. Are you hearing me? Ladies and gentlemen, there is a reverential fear that we ought to live in. And Hebrews 12, 28, verse 29. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, say the kingdom of God cannot be shaken. It says, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. Again, we see that this type of fear that we ought to have is seasoned in grace. Hmm. And that we should may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. You can't honestly say you are serving God and you are not in line with his will. You cannot say that you are living in the fear of God and you are not uh, uh, walking in the thing of which God commands. Let me continue to make this as parents and uh, as the relationship between the parent and the child. There are certain things that my parents would say they did not want me doing. And if I'm going to be in line with what they wanted, I have to stay in line with what they said. The moment I get out of line in what they said, then I know what was coming on the backside of it. My father's heavy handed. <laughs> that, 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 that fist was coming right here to the chest. <laughs> My mother, she got a hand. There was, all right, I'll tell you this time. I'll tell you this story. I'll tell them myself. I was in the store. They were taking forever to shop. That annoys me. I was getting irritated. Anybody who know my mom, she loved to shop. She loved the shop. Anybody who knows she loves the shop and she can take long. Come to find out before I fast forward, my wife actually does the same. And I get annoyed with that too. But you know, nevertheless, yesterday we were in the store and she wants to go to everything else except what she came there for. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I'm ready to go. But nevertheless, my mom is in there. I believe we were in a store called Alco. If you're from Baltimore County, you know what that store is. We were in Alco, and I'm like, man, you need to hurry up. I was young. I was like, you need to hurry up. This is forever. And she was like, you got one more time to say something. I said, well, you taking forever. You need to hurry up. All I know is I couldn't even get the phrase out enough. And my mom went like, pow, right in the face. I'm like... Yeesh, I, you know, I deserve that one, Jesus. I, I, deserve, I deserve that one, Jesus. I, I deserve that one. What I'm saying to us, ladies and gentlemen, in my reverence, I should have just went along and said, no, okay, you're going to be quiet. You driving. I don't got my license at that time. You doing it, so I'm just here for the ride. But you get what I'm saying. You know that there was a correction on the other side of that. And you cannot say that you love God in blatantly. I'm not saying because all of us fall short, but when we blatantly are living outside of the parameters of what God is called, we're not living in the fear of the Lord. Are you hearing me? I'm going to make it as simple as this. When the scripture tells us to walk in the spirit and we will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. When you walk by the spirit, you are living in the fear of the Lord. See, we don't have to complicate what it actually means. When you live in the fear of the Lord, that means that you reverence and worship God to the point where that I stay in line because I know that there's correction. 
Not that I'm being doomed for hell. That's not what it is. Not that I'm in fear of losing my salvation. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about that when I live in the fear of the Lord, I stay in line and I keep myself in line because I know what his will says. I know what his heart is for my life and I want to stay in line with that. That's what living in the fear of the Lord is. Here's another thing that I begin to understand about this thing called the fear of the Lord. That is, it is, it is, it is how, ladies and gentlemen, we express our obedience that is caused by reverence for our God. It is the act of us worshiping and obeying him. You know, the highest form of worship is obedience. You know, the highest form of worship is obedience, that when I am obedient and I keep myself in obedience to God because I, out of living in the fear of the Lord, that I understand that I am worshiping God at the highest. Do you understand that when you when you oh, when you stay in line with what the father will is, is that you understand how, how how you're able that you're worshiping God when you're on your job and all of this stuff. So your worship here in the building is our praise given to him, which is a part of us living in the fear of the Lord. But it's your everyday walk. It is the way in which you live. It is the way in which you control how you live uh, uh, with the guidance of the Holy Spirit by virtue of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It is how we live in the fear of the Lord, ladies and gentlemen. That's how Psalm 22 verse 23 says, you who fear the Lord, praise him. You cannot. Let me tell you something. People who do not praise God is that they don't have the fear of the Lord. When you, don't praise the, the, when you don't praise the true God, then you don't have the fear of the Lord. He said, you who fear the Lord, praise him. You who reverence him, you who obey him, you praise him. That listen, how we, how we know about your life is about how, how much praise you're giving to God. Are you worshiping him on that type of level? Here's another thing that you have to understand about the fear of the Lord, too, is when you understand, again, the word pious, which is, again, talking about uh, uh, marked or showing reverence for a holy God, that you have to understand is that walking in the fear of the Lord is how every believer should be identified. Listen, you should be identified as one who lives in the fear of the Lord. How do we know this? There was a certain man by, in Caesarea called Cornelius. He was a satirian of what was called the Italian regiment. And this is what they say about him. He was a devout man and one who feared God with all of his household. He was identified by the fear of the Lord. Not only him, but Noah was identified by the fear of the Lord. Moses was identified by the fear of the Lord. The early church was identified by the fear of the Lord. It was who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always is that when you are a believer, you should be marked by one who's living in the fear of the Lord. And here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, why would God give us a message like this? on an anniversary. I tell you why. When you look at the condition of the world and you look at even the condition of the church here in America and you see there's movies that are trying to come out, Hung for Jesus and all of this stuff like this that is trying to portray these certain things because of people who have fallen within the church is because the reason why is, is that people are telling you to live in the fear of the Lord but their lives are not aligned to be ones that are living in the fear of the Lord. 
Here's the reality that some people are walking away from God, not saying that this is a good enough excuse because it's not because still at the end of the day, nobody, God ain't judging you because of how somebody else live. He's judging your life. But nonetheless, the reason why I'm giving this to us church, because you have to understand that if we ought to progress in the things of God, if we ought to grow and if we ought to see change or transformation happen with our community, if we're going to connect lives to the transforming power love of Jesus Christ and which we've been doing for the last six years, then we have to stay living in the fear of the Lord because we will not be a stumbling block for somebody coming to Jesus. And what's happening now is because of all of this that's breaking out from people who are supposed to be men or women of the clergy and all of this foolishness, we have it where people have no reverence for God or are losing reverence for God because if the people of God don't have reverence for him, why should we? Why should we have reverence for God? If we are supposed to be examples to a fallen world, then they should all see that the light of God is shining through his people because they live in the fear of God. If we are really about that life, then that means we ought to be living in the fear of the Lord. There has to be a reverence. And here's why I like our text. As I come to a close. Here's why I like it, because in Acts chapter 9, verse 31, it says the church had peace throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria, and it became stronger as the believers lived in the fear of the Lord, and with the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, it also grew in numbers. Here's what the Lord gave me to give to us this morning, prophetically TCF. And hear me and hear me good. The Bible says this is after, ladies and gentlemen, the conversion of Saul. Now we know him as Paul. Ladies and gentlemen, it was in Acts chapter 9 where Jesus bumped him off of his high horse and humbled him. It was the scripture that changes the church history forever, ladies and gentlemen. Acts, ladies and gentlemen, is a partial history book of how the church is formed. Ladies and gentlemen, we begin to understand that Jesus calls this man Saul on Damascus Road and guess what? He sends a man by Ananias to lay hands upon him to recover his sight. And in this very verse, you have to understand what's so significant about all of this is that one of the main people that were driving the persecution of the church has now been converted. The one that was the one that was coming after people because it was against his 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 belief is the one now that's on their side. And while persecution didn't fully stop, the Bible said that they had peace. Ladies and gentlemen, what I'm trying to tell you is though the world and its things may continue to go on in your life, though things may continue to happen, you can have peace. Peace is not the absence of trouble. And so you think that you don't have peace because you're still experiencing trouble. But the truth of the matter is, is that I can have peace and yet I still have trouble. But my mind is at rest because when I live in the fear of the Lord, I trust in the 
Lord with all of my heart. And I don't lean on my own understanding, but in all my ways acknowledge him. And he's going to continue to direct my path. That's why I can have peace. I have peace because Jesus said in this world I will have trouble. But he said take heart for I have overcome the world. So my peace is not predicated on all the conditions of my life being in order. My peace is predicated on the faithfulness of God. If you feel me, say, I hear you. So my peace is not. See, everybody, you think perfect conditions is what's going to give you peace. I can have peace even in it. What's going on in our world today is that you don't know how to live in peace because you're not really trusting. You're not really resting on God. I can live in a place of tranquility even with everything going around me. That's what I can do. I can live in peace. And this is what happened. And it says, and it became stronger as the believers did what? Lived in the fear of the Lord. The Lord began to give me a word that encourages us today. That as you live in the fear of the Lord, you will become stronger. That as you live in the fear of the Lord, you will become stronger. You become stronger in wisdom. How do I know this? Because the Bible tells us in Proverbs 9 verse 10, ladies and gentlemen, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. And though you have to understand at the beginning of everything, this the fear of the Lord is the beginning. It is the moment when you reverence and humble yourself that you're not that smart. Pastor Brandon is not that smart. And so the beginning of wisdom is understanding that you're not that wise, but you have to depend on somebody who's all-knowing and all-wise. There's a doxology that says, to the almighty wise God. <laughs> oh, man. It is the beginning of wisdom. Listen, I wish I had all the information up front. But God had, he knows your end from your beginning. And guess what? As I rest in him and as I depend him the stronger I get because though I have peace I have peace and though I'm living in the fear of the Lord I understand that God is my daddy and because God is my daddy there's certain things I don't gotta worry about as a child I don't gotta worry about where my provision gonna come from I don't gotta worry about where certain things are gonna happen Jesus told us to seek first the kingdom of God and all of these things shall be added unto you Jesus said, if I can take care of the birds of the air, if I can cover the grass of the fields, what makes you think I can't take care of you? And that's living in the fear of the Lord. Here we go, Proverbs 14. It says, in the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence. <laughs> and his children will have a place of refuge. What children is he talking about? He's talking about all those who call on the name of the Lord. He said they'll grow in confidence. 
Hallelujah. I like when Paul said, and this hope will not be disappointed. Hallelujah. Why? It's because I trust in my Lord and I have a place of refuge in him for he is my hiding place. It says under the shadow of his wings. <laughs> Listen, I'm never, I'm never not covered. You have to understand that. You are never, never, ever not covered. God is always covering you. Just because a little tragedy happened in your life don't mean his hand is off of you. See, all of us, we equate when trouble hits our lives that God has removed his hand off of us. And that's not true. Hallelujah. Sometimes he got to show you that he is your shepherd and that he's leading you. Even in your, hey, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear for the Lord is with me. His rod and his staff is comforting me. Hallelujah. His hand is still on me, and that's the confidence that I have. My confidence is on this, that he that begun all good work in me shall complete it until the day of Christ, that I'm not going out of here until his work is completed in my life. Somebody shout hallelujah. Proverbs 14, verse 27, it says, For the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to turn away from the snares of death. Don't you understand that the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life? It is an endless fountain. Hallelujah, there is a fountain that is filled with blood, drawn from Emmanuel's vein. And if anyone takes that plunge beneath that flood, will lose every guilty stain. You will receive life when you walk in the fear of the Lord. It's life. I become stronger as I live in the fear of life. I stay in everlasting life when I live in the fear of the Lord. Listen, somebody say, I'm getting stronger. I'm getting stronger. TCF, we're getting stronger in year six. We're getting stronger because we're living in the fear of the Lord. There is a deep spiritual security that comes from the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. I have a security. Hallelujah. I have a security knowing that God ain't going to leave me out here by myself. I got a deep security. See, so you, you, you see when you have a, when you have an unholy fear of God, you think just because all have fallen short of the grace of God, that's fine. But when you understand the idea of repentance, which is living in the fear of the Lord, then you don't have to live under that perfect love is what casts out all fear. Yeah. Yeah. It says, I have a security blanket because I fear the Lord. And here we go. Here we go. Back to Acts 9.31. It says, and with the encouragement of the Holy Spirit. Some would translate it and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, it goes back to John 14 when Jesus says that I'm going to send you another helper. 
Hallelujah. I'm going to send you another advocate because you can't live in the fear of the Lord without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. It says, and with the fear of the Lord and the encouragement, the comfort of the Holy Spirit, you can do this, Vernon. You can make the right decision. You can go on this choice. You have a comforter that's comforting you, encouraging you, pushing you. And he will lead you into all truth. And this is what happened. I didn't make this up. The Bible says as a result of them living in the fear of the Lord, they grew stronger. And on top of them living in the fear of the Lord with the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says that it also grew in numbers. Ladies and gentlemen, what am I telling you on this sixth year? That they let me tell you something. There's so many church growth uh, 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 things. You may not know of them. I do. There's so many conferences and all this stuff. But you know what it comes down to at the end of the day? Living in the fear of the Lord and the encouragement of the Holy Spirit and the church grew. Not only did the church grow, ladies and gentlemen, numerically, which it did, but the church grew spiritually, leaps and bounds like never before they grew ladies and gentlemen naturally hallelujah and they grew spiritually they had more of a security understanding ladies and gentlemen that with the encouragement of the holy spirit that they can go on and do all things through christ that strengthens them they had ladies and gentlemen a deep-rooted faith ladies and gentlemen to understand that with the encouragement of the holy spirit and living in the fear of god i can too you grow what am I charging TCF with this morning I'm charging you to live in the fear of the Lord and allow the encouragement of the Holy Spirit to point you into righteousness. I'm charging you as a church and as individuals, ladies and gentlemen, that as you as you make the priority to live in the fear of the Lord and the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, that you will experience exponential growth in your life. Why? Hello everyone, my name is Vernon Hill, Executive Director here at Transformation Christian Fellowship. What better way to grow in your Christian faith than in community with other believers? We invite you to be a part of Transform Life, our life groups here at TCF. Connect with any of our life groups for encouragement and support as you grow in your Christian faith. We're so excited to be able to walk this journey with you. Because you're blessed when you live in the fear of the Lord. Psalm 115 verse 13 says, he will bless those who fear the Lord, both great and lowly. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't care where you came from. You may be insignificant to some, but God said, I'll bless anyone. I don't care how great they are. I don't care how small you are. He said, I will bless those who fear the Lord. Hallelujah. When you have a healthy fear of God, why is some prospering? It's because they live in the fear of the Lord. It don't matter. It's not reserved for some and not for you. It's reserved to anyone that will walk in the fear of the Lord said those both great and lowly 
both great and small. He don't care who you are. If you make God of the Bible your God and you walk in step with his will, he said, I bless those who fear the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Bless the Lord. Oh my God, hallelujah. Oh my soul and forget not his benefits. Those who praise God, hallelujah. Blessed is the man that feared the Lord. Hallelujah. Because their way is happy. Their way is blessed. Why? Because they've made God their trust. Yes, Lord. <laughs> and as I come to a conclusion here, I conclude, ladies and gentlemen, of Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. I come with the finality of the matter. Hallelujah. Paul says that's the whole story. I mean, uh, Solomon said that's the whole story. Hey, when you get to the end of the road, <laughs> it don't matter what you read. Solomon said this is what you got to do. And this is the whole story. Say this is the bottom line. Here's now my final conclusion. He said fear God and obey his commands. For this is everyone's duty. This ain't for some. This is everyone's duty. Listen, the richest man who ever lived in the world. Solomon says that, well, guess what? All of this ain't nothing but vanity and so he says at the conclusion of all of this he says guess what fear God and obey his commands why cause blessed is the one who fear the Lord Hallelujah. TCF, you're blessed when you fear the Lord. Look, point hands to yourself and say, I'm blessed when I fear the Lord. When I live in the fear of God, I will be blessed. Because I've made it a commitment. Hallelujah. And I may not get it right all the time. I may get out step off some of the time. But guess what? When I come back to him and repent and say, God, I forgive me of all my sin. Guess what? I'm still living in the fear of the Lord. Why am I living in the fear of the Lord with repentance? Because I'm making a change of my mind. And say, guess what? I got off course. I didn't do what you wanted me to do in this situation. But yet I'm making a decision to bounce back. Back up and keep it moving. Why? Stay in your feet. You need to understand that when you live in the fear of the Lord, this is why it's not talked about much. Because you think it's everything else that's going to get you somewhere. To my young kids in the room, the wisest thing you will ever make in your decision is to fear God early in your youth instead of waiting down the line because God can use you a lot sooner than later. Now, it don't matter if you made a decision down the road, but let me tell you something. It's the best decision because guess what? While your other people and your friends are confused, you not. I come into identity a lot early. When I understand the fear of the Lord, not that, oh, you made a mistake. No, you going, it's going to come with the territory because you still got that human. That flesh is there. But when you live in the fear of the Lord, you understand I repent. And I come back up, make a change of mind. And I walk worthy of the high calling of Christ Jesus. 
There's too many people that's playing church, playing games with Jesus' name. And there's a world that's looking for people like, yo, be serious about, yo, if you say you like Jesus, then why you look like me? Why are you doing what I'm doing? How is there any difference? There is a respect level that's lowering because we don't, we're not holding the bar up. It's not about, everybody wants to make it about the, ex, the external. It's really here. It, it's what goes into a man that defiles them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Excuse me, what comes out of a man is what defiles him. Thank you, OG. What comes out of a man is what defiles him. You have to live your life. Not that you're going to be perfect, but you have to understand that the grace of God is leading me and pushing me into all righteousness, teaching me to deny those things of the flesh so that I can stay in step with living in the fear of the Lord because my way will be made prosperous when I understand he knows better for my life. I am a child. He is the father. And you know what's happened? The devil has done a good job with breaking up homes because the house is the first place where you learn this type of reverence. And when homes are broken and fathers are not present in homes, that begins to muddy the waters between you reverencing God in a way of being your father because you never had that type of relationship. Because you sometimes make him, make your heavenly father to be like he's your earthly father and he's not. Just because your earthly father disappointed you don't mean that your heavenly father will. And when you hold him to that esteem and let him be your father. This is a relationship. Let him be your father and live in such a way that I'm living to please him. I ain't here to please you. I'm here to please God. I don't care less of what you think of me. I don't. I'm here to please God so that at the end of the day, when I'm gone from here, I will hear him say, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's all I'm living to hear. I don't know what you're living to hear. I know Brandon Hill is living to hear that well done. My good and faithful servant. And that I can go to sleep knowing, go to rest knowing that I did everything I could while here. That's what I'm living for. And the way I get there is, the way I do that is living in the fear of the Lord. And the first thing you do is by giving your life to Christ and making him the Lord over your life. If you're not saved in this room, I give you Jesus. Listen, if you don't know him, that's why a lot of times people come into faith sometimes because they, they're scared of hell. But it's more than you just being afraid of hell. I won't want to fall into the hands of a mighty God. I don't want to do that. But more than that, Salvation and coming to him is so precious more than you just escaping damnation. It is the fulfillment of this, this place in your heart that has been missing that only God can fill. The Bible talks about how he's placed eternity in all of our hearts. When people talk about they feeling something missing, that's him. He's the missing part. 
And so many people go through life without, with, with the missing part. But I don't want to live with the missing part. I want to live with him fulfilling that which he placed there. If you don't know Jesus, I give you the opportunity. Hallelujah. If you want to rededicate your life back to Christ, I give you that opportunity. If you want to become a partner here at TCF, I'd love to be your pastor. My wife and I would love to serve you. But more importantly, if you being part of this house, I need you to make sure that you're a part of <laughs> the ultimate church. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You need to give your life to Jesus. Because it ain't about being a part of your church to get you saved. It's about knowing Jesus. So if you don't know Jesus, every eye closed, every head bowed. Those of you watching online, those of you in person, everyone say it together that nobody feels left out. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and that I'm in need of a savior. I acknowledge that you died on the cross, that you were buried and that you rose again and you have ascended to the right hand of the father just for me. I do not want to walk another day without you. I want to make you the Lord over my life in Jesus name. Amen. Listen, if you said that prayer for the very first time, fill out that connection card. I would love to talk with you about the decision you made. Those of you online, text that number. We talked to you about the decision you made. You need to have understanding. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you're glad to be saved, come on, put those hands together and worship God. Hallelujah. Let us see you lifted up like never before. We're getting out of here. Let us see. Let us see you lifted up like never before. Let us see. Let us see Jesus. Oh, oh. Let us see Jesus. Let us Thanks for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. We hope that you would subscribe so you can continue to be empowered by the latest message. For more information about Transformation Christian Fellowship or Pastor Brandon Hill, visit our website, transformationchristianfellowship.org, or download our free mobile app on the App Store or Google Play Store. If you would like to support this ministry, simply text TCF1, to the number 94000 or visit our website. We thank you for your generosity and for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. And remember, transformation starts here.